going, this was a spot where there's a lot of spots Abraham had been around. Right. So we're walking around and we get to this well that's dug out. And so as we're kind of walking past it, it's not the main attraction, right? He's like, oh yeah, Abraham dug that well. And he kind of keeps walking. We're like, hold it, hold it. Wait Abraham? a second. <laughs> yeah. Dug that well? Yeah. Okay. And so we keep walking. So Wait, I'm going to get a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like me, you have a heart for missions and may have already done some missions work yourself. But you also see some huge issues in the way missions are being done. Like, why are we still sending out monthly newsletters in a digital age when technology allows for instant updates in the palm of your hand? Or why are we convinced that we need to raise two years support before going when all 12 disciples dropped what they were doing and walked away? Or why are we allowing denominations to decide who can and cannot go do what God is calling them to do just because of things they've done in their past? And at what point did we brand following Christ to be a life of scarcity and sacrifice when it's truly a life of abundance and privilege? These are some of the blaring questions in the missions world today. And Watch Missions Live is here to reshape the way you see missions. It's time for missionaries to rise up, create a shift in perspective, a change, a revolution in the way things are done and give you the real story. One of abundance, fulfillment, and privilege. My name is Aaron Jennings and welcome Watch Missions Live. Hey everybody, Aaron Jennings again with Watch Missions Live. We're back, episode four of four with Isaiah Malstead. As normal, I'm not going to do the whole intro. If you want to know more about him, you have to jump into episode one, listen to that. But we're talking about Israel. We went from Romania at 15, Guatemala 16, Ukraine at age 17, and now we're jumping to Israel. Say hi, uh, Isaiah, and tell us a little bit about Israel. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in. So Israel was a trip I took last spring. So it would have been spring of 2018. It was a trip I wanted to take for a long time. I had heard people who had been to Israel and talked about how much more real it made the Bible seem, which sounded cool, but you know, I, I wanted to go, but didn't really know the impact it would have. Um, never really had an opportunity. And so just kind of, you know, waited and just, you know, did other trips. And, uh, you know, during that time I had done I think I went to Romania a couple more times um, in between there, um, between that first Ukraine trip and when I went to Israel. And so uh, opportunity came up. Some folks we had gone to church with years back, um, reconnected with them, was at a Bible study with one of their sons who was a little bit older than me. And he had been part of a ministry in Israel. He'd been on an internship for, I think, six months or something. And so we got to talking. He was showing pictures, sharing stories. And uh, it ignited the fire in me to be, you know, I don't, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care, you know, what I need to reschedule. I'm going as soon as I can. <laughs> and so I think that was uh, maybe November or December of 2017. And then 2018, spring of 2018 rolled around. Um, and that's when I went um, beginning of February. So this one, um, I, I knew a person who had been there and he was going to be going back. But once again, I didn't. I didn't, it wasn't my church that was, you know, going, it was a uh, ministry I'd never been a part of before. And it was going over there uh, for three weeks again. Um, not quite sure what to expect, but excited to see uh, what God was going to do. And what was the purpose of this particular trip? So this particular ministry, a lot of what it does, um, rather than straight up preaching the gospel to Jewish people, they build relationships first. The thing I didn't realize is in general Jewish um, or in general Jewish like terms or what they think of as Christians, they think of the crusaders and they think of Adolf Hitler. 
<laughs> which I found fascinating. I don't, I don't know how true that is across all of Israel. Yeah, yeah. That was like the general consensus people have there of what Christians are and what Christians do. Hmm. And so this ministry was focused more on building relationships with Jewish people. And then as conversations came up, then they would share with them about Jesus being the Messiah. And so that particular trip was serving different Israeli farmers who had done either, uh, this, this particular trip was vineyards. So we're going during the, the end of winter, going and pruning the vines and um, cutting back in the vineyards, getting them ready for spring, um, the next growing season. So going as volunteer labor, basically for small independent uh, Jewish farmers. Gotcha. Cool, cool. So then let's jump into what we're learning on this trip, because yeah. that's always like, you know, where we go, why we go, how we get connected. Yep. And, and then like, what do we learn? You know, what we learn, what we experience, you know, just tell us a little more once you were there, hmm. how did it all go? So this was an interesting trip in that it was the first missions trip I'd ever been on where part of what we had to sign was the fact that we would not proselytize. We would not preach the gospel. Okay. And I found that interesting at first and was questioning the ministry. But the response they had back was a lot of these relationships they had spent, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years building. Yeah. They understood the culture. They understood the language. They knew what that barrier was for those folks from becoming Christians. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't want some eager, you know, young right. American Christian guy to come and to, you know, go through the 10 commandments and, you know, present the gospel the way we would normally do it in America right. because it's different in Israel. Mm -hmm. And, and, and me, I'm not saying those things don't work, but with that ministry, that's what they requested. Right. They requested basically, we want guys to come over here as volunteers to serve and we, we want to ask you to trust us to know when to present the gospel. Right. And so when I heard that, I was like, okay, I can go with that. Right. They're but, the ones was, around. They know the culture. The culture is yep. huge. Yeah. No matter where in the world you are, if you're not respecting that culture and the way they do things, you're not going to have any say in anything they believe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so sign that, um, got there, landed. It was, you know, probably midnight when I got there. So it was all dark. Um, but we were out in what's called the settlements. So it's, it's the territory where, you know, there's both Israeli and Arab towns. It's kind of no man's land. As much ground as you can claim is kind of yours. Um, very politically um, interesting ground is where a lot of the work we were doing was. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I show up there. Um, we start going these vineyards, um, start pruning. And it was interesting, you know, from the very first day, the, the first devotion I had the first morning was where they started talking about, the concept of the vines and when Christ comes and, and he, he was talking about that parable, you know, the parable of the vine, about him being the vine where the branches, his father's the husbandman. And so they explained that and said, as we go out and we start doing this, just watch and watch it come alive. So that was interesting. It, it gave me a whole new picture on a number of those parables, actually working with vines and seeing what that was like. Um, but, but for me, when it was not focused on preaching the gospel to other people, the, the two parts that the trip really worked on, one was my ability to impact some of the other young guys who were on that trip. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them were kind of at that phase of life of not, you know, graduating high school, not quite sure what they wanted to do next, you know, trying to figure out where God was leading. So having the ability to, um, you know, study the Bible with them, pray with them, and just, um, you know, bounce ideas back and forth was super cool. Yeah. So that was one part, kind of the, the fellowship with other believers. The other really cool part was just like I'd expected, but so much more than I'd expected how real stories of the Bible became. 
uh, our, I think it was our second day there, we went on a, on a trip um, and started touring. And so we had a tour guide and they were showing it. This was a spot where there was a lot of spots Abraham had been around. Right. But we're walking around and we get to this well that's dug out. And so as we're kind of walking past it, it's not the main attraction, right? He's like, oh yeah, Abraham dug that well. And he kind of keeps walking. We're like, hold it, hold it. Wait Abraham? a second. <laughs> yeah. Dug that well? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so we keep walking. So Wait, I'm going to get a selfie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was crazy because, you know, here in America, you know, 200 years is old, right? Yeah. But you're walking there and this is stuff that happened, you know, 4,000, 3,000, whatever years ago. Um, and it just puts a whole different perspective on history and time and God's working throughout it. Yeah. So um, through that, we, you know, so a lot of our time was split between working in the vineyards, serving the, serving the farmers, and then going on trips and getting to tour um, different historical and biblical sites. Awesome. That's what I was going to ask because there's a lot of people, myself included, um, on the very first, um, first, it wasn't my first trip, but when God told us to sell everything and move to Thailand, I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people have always said I talk too much. That's why now I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm a talker. And we sold our houses, quit our jobs, went into full-time missions work, and God put us in Thailand. And then we parted ways from the person that we were there to help, who we thought we were there to help, and he was the only English speaker. Now I was in a country where I couldn't speak, and I'm a talker. I'm like, God, I just sold everything to go tell people about you, and now I can't tell anybody anything. Yeah. And so naturally, God put me there to work on me Mm -hmm. more than to work on everybody else from the way that I thought. And so when you said you landed there and they were like, okay, you're not going to tell anybody about Jesus. (laughs) I'm like, what's going through your mind at that point? Is it like, uh, oh, now I got to deal with this inner demon of, I came here to proselytize. (laughs) No, I can't. And so I was curious, you know, basically that's what usually ends up is we dig into ourselves and we dig into our team. Yep. Because like, you know, don't forget that when you're going on mission trips, a lot of people, especially if it's a short-term mission trip, a lot of the people on that trip are looking for something. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have some people that are real deep rooted, been in it forever. And you're going to have some people that are like on the edge of killing themselves. Mm -hmm. And this mission trip was last ditch effort type Mm -hmm. of a thing, you know? And so like you said, you had a chance to talk to those guys on your team and it deepened those relationships. And I'm sure that deepened you a lot, like you said, watching the stories come alive through actually being there. So I just want to take a second and like let people think about that. Yeah. And that was a help somebody else. Yeah. And that was actually a huge thing I took away from that trip that I've done on every single trip since was at the end of the trip, um, before you'd go home, they did what they called affirmations. So they'd get everybody to circle up and one person at a time. excuse me, one person at a time that you would go around and everybody would say something that they saw in that person during the time and something they appreciated about them and um, something that they saw God had given them, whether it was a gift or talent or, or something that they saw and just reinforcing that. Because oftentimes all we hear about is the bad stuff we do, right? The things we do wrong. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so after you spent, you know, three weeks with someone, you got to know them fairly well um, enough, at least to see their strengths. Right. And that was such a super cool experience. It sounds simple on the surface and it seems kind of awkward when you do it at first, but seeing grown men reduced to tears 
as people were explaining to them how they saw God was using them yeah. to impact other people was huge. So every trip I've been on since then, I've tried to be intentional seeing if I can see things I appreciate about people, um, how God is working with them, and then just writing them a note at the end and giving each person I was on the trip with a note, um, just, just talking about the things I appreciated about them. So like you were saying, working on the team, um, being a huge part of it sometimes when you can't present the gospel yeah. is huge. Yeah, always huge. Oh, yeah, like it's that whole keep your eyes and ears open, mm-hmm. flexible, and allow God to lead and just take this same stuff and apply it to your life right where you're at. This doesn't mm-hmm. have to be mission trip stuff because yeah. that was literally, you know, hey, I can't tell anybody about Christ right now. And there's a lot of people that think that at their jobs mm-hmm. or in their families. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so you can't talk to anybody right now. What did you do? You know, it's like you kept your eyes open to people on your team and yourself and mm-hmm. you deepened your relationship with Christ during that time. Yep. When you were told not to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. There's still so much awesome stuff that come out of it. Yeah. So, and and here's, here's, any... here's one thing I'll add there too. Do it. If you don't mind. <laughs> so yeah. every trip did it somewhat as far as helping me grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you lis- listen back to the other episodes, you know, I touch a little bit on that. But Israel to me was the one that helped me grow the most, forced me to grow the most in my beliefs and in knowing why I believed what I believed. When I went there, I went with a ministry that I knew um, disagreed on some pretty major doctrines from where I stood. Right. And, you know, I talked with my parents, you know, to get some advice before I went. I was like, okay, you know, I can't, can't preach the gospel while I'm there. And they do this weird stuff. You know, they're, they're almost more Jewish than Christian in some ways. Right. And I said, what do you guys think? And so, you know, we discussed it back and forth and they said, you know, you know, we, we've trained you up to this point. We, we know that you know the Bible. So go be challenged. Let God, you know, challenge you and don't be afraid to work with people that don't agree on every single doctrine. You know, sometimes in Christianity, if someone's of a different I don't know, branch of Baptist than a different person, you know, yeah. they won't even talk. But that was a cool opportunity to see where there's people that on the surface, I disagreed with a lot of stuff um, in, in some of the more minor doctrines Yeah. to see a, that we serve the same God Mm-hmm. and that um, we were both working for the same kingdom. But B, um, it was almost like I was Daniel in the lion's den, right? Because I show up there, I'm the only person in that group who believed majorly differently than the rest of them did. Right. And it, it forced me, you know, we laid ground rules pretty quick because they started asking, you know, what I believe and I was asking what they believed. And we all agreed, whatever we argue on, let's bring it back to the Bible. Yeah. But everything's open for discussion. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was such a period for me of, of questioning, okay, just because I was raised this way to believe these things, does that mean they're true? And if what these folks are saying is true, am I willing to leave behind everything that I grew up believing in order to obey God? Mm-hmm. And so even though I left, you know, I, I left and dove into deep study also when I came back, but for me, it solidified why I believed what I believed, um, gave me a, a respect for them. You know, it, it got to the point that we agreed to disagree, um, right. that, that we didn't agree on those doctrines, but we were still okay. We we're like, we're serving the same God. Mm-hmm. You know, we still believe these same core yeah. major things. Um, and it did not get in the way of fellowship and it did not get in the way of the mission, right. which to me I was super cool. Against to do something there. Absolutely. Yep. Sorry, I cut you off. Keep going. No. 
No, that, that was it. <laughs> like God brought you all together to do a purpose that he had for that trip. The yep. purpose may have been to grow you and nobody yep. else that entire thing. Yeah. Because to God, it's worth it for one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just kind of the way you talked there, you know, I appreciate the way you presented everything because you know a little bit more in depth than some of the others. We're still teaching people on what Watch Missions Live is and what this mm-hmm. podcast is about. This is not a place where we're going to argue doctrine. Mm-hmm. We're not raising money. We're not trying to get anything from anyone. We're sharing God's stories and talking about how God's moving today mm-hmm. all around the world and we're bringing it to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big thing that he was just talking about because lots of people, we've witnessed it ourselves. We've had disagreements with people and a lot of people never actually run into that because mm-hmm. they just go to their church their whole life. They know what they've been taught. They know what they believe. And they stick it out. And like you said, in America, we argue a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of all over. But if you learn to just be open to what God's telling you at that time, and that God's not always going to use who you think he should, that believes what you think they should, mm-hmm. but he still has a purpose. And that's what's important. Mm-hmm. And he's using whoever he wants. It yep. is open to whatever he wants to do. And if you can get yourself to where you just like follow God a hundred percent and allow that other stuff to be led by him, man, God, you're just going to keep hearing stories and you're going to get some stories of your own. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome. Do you have a, a God story, a God sentence from this? I do. Okay. So it, it, it wasn't like some of the other ones in that it, I wasn't like on the front lines presenting the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. this trip, you know, kind of like we've hashed out was right. more about the other people on the trip and God growing me as a person. For me, the coolest part of the whole trip was getting to go to the Temple Mount because there's so much of God's story that happened right around that area, right in Jerusalem. Oh yeah, it'd be an awesome place to go. And so it's crazy, you know, so, so I was standing on top of the Temple Mount, you know, we were given a very brief time up there. Um, it's, it's under Arab control, so they kind of control when you can and can't go. Right. Um, so up on top, looking across the valley over at the Mountain of Olives. And there's just something about standing there and realizing that, you know, what you read about at the end of the book, you know, in Revelation, when Christ comes back, he's touching down, you know, like I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, when Christ comes back, he's touching down right there. That mountain I'm looking at right now is going to split open. Jesus is going to walk across this valley and in this gate right next to where I'm standing right now. He's going to be right here. This is where it's all going down. And it is so crazy how real it becomes when you can look and you can see it. And, and you know, all, all the other, everything else adding up to that point, you know, going and seeing where Abraham was and seeing all these different spots culminating in that point of standing on top and realizing once again, how real the Bible is, how real God's stories are. When, when we just sit over here and read in our book and we're in our culture that we're used to, it's one thing. But when you're able to put a place to the name and you're able to see the stones, you're able to, you know, feel the air, you're able to, you know, pick up the dust and, you know, drop it and, you know, smell the smells and hear, hear you know, hear all the sounds. Mm-hmm. It is crazy how real it becomes. And, you know, every time I think back to it, it almost brings me back to tears, realizing how, how real it is. And, and to me, that gave me a greater sense of purpose 
realizing when I go and present the gospel, this isn't just something to make people's lives better, which I already knew, right? Right, yeah. But it came down here and I realized we are ambassadors for a king who's returning. He's coming and, you know, realizing he's coming back right here and he's going to rule and reign from right here and realizing the great, um, the great privilege, but at the same time, the responsibility we have in whatever vocation of life we're in or wherever God calls us, whatever doors he opens to be stewards of the, the time, the resources, the relationships, the gifts and talents he's given us to not, and, and the biggest thing I walked away from there was to not waste my time and to not, not belittle what God was doing. You know, some, sometimes for me, it was easy to put God in this cute little box and, you know, this is theology and then this is real life. But just make that connection. If he's a real God who's coming back to a real place, he's going to split a real mountain, walk through a real gate and rule from a real city. Right. It just opened things up for me. Yeah, absolutely awesome. It sounds like a place that we all need to get to. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good good things from everybody who's been to Israel. Yep. It's such a, a faith-deepening trip. It is. Everybody I've ever talked to. It is, yeah. It is on our list as well. Yep. Anybody else, I would suggest you put it on your list. Absolutely. Well, hey, Isaiah, it has been fun, man, getting four episodes, four different trips all knocked out with you. We've yeah. had a good time talking God stories and hearing about everything you've done. Do you have anything else you want to like give the people while you're here? If I could just say one last thing, it would be if you've never been on a missions trip, first I would say do it. You know, pick something because going to someone else's culture, hearing a different language and seeing God work around the world is huge. You know, this podcast is an awesome first start hearing how God is working, but nothing compares to seeing him working in person. So I would say, you know, first, find, find a missions trip somewhere and do it. But second, don't worry about it being perfect. Just, just move forward, right? Maybe you got friends who've been on a missions trip. Maybe you know a missionary somewhere. It doesn't have to be like some official itinerary that they have that once a year they have a trip. Reach out to a missionary you know and say, hey, I'd love to come visit you and just help support what you're doing. Uh, I've never been to the country or I've been before, but I'd love to see what you're doing. Love to help out any way I can. Um, maybe it's you know folks around you that have been. Um, so whatever it is, I would, I would strongly encourage, and I think you'll be super blessed by it, um, finding an opportunity to go on a missions trip. Absolutely. And as we've started to find out, they're everywhere. They are. <laughs> they're all over. Well, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Like I said, this is four of four. So if you haven't caught one, two, and three, jump back in the lineup, catch them all because all four were really good. Isaiah, thanks again for being on here, man, and taking the time. Thanks for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Yep, absolutely, man. We'll catch you guys later, and we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you for your time. Please remember to rate and subscribe. After being a full-time missionary, I got tired of people looking at me like it must be really hard to do what you do. And they'd say things like, I'd love to be able to do something like that, but insert excuse. When the real reason was because they saw what we were doing as a sacrifice. That to do missions work, they would have to give up everything that quite honestly was forcing them to do things they didn't like for people they couldn't stand so they could afford things that they didn't need. The truth is, as full-time missionaries, it was one of the few times in my life when I was truly fulfilled. It was the closest to God I'd ever been. Debt-free, not stressed, and living the life of an adventure I'd always wanted. 
If you too believe that it's time for a change, then head over to watchmissionslive.com and join the revolution.